The minute that you get labeled a conspiracy theorist, pretty much everything that you have to say ceases to be taken seriously. The red pill is just about kind of shaking up your perception of the way that things really And on the understanding that what you've been told your entire life is a consciously constructed lie. You take the blue pill, the story ends, you wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. The idea of Project Bluebeam is that NASA, with the help of the United Nations, was attempting to implement a new age religion with the Antichrist at its head and start a new world order via technology simulating the second coming of Christ. I occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. Hawk Hill Media presents... Conspiracy with PJ and Abby. And that's the thing about conspiracy theories is like it's sometimes they're not going to be true. And it's okay. There's literally nothing wrong with asking the questions and pulling on the threads and doing the research. It is what it is. Welcome in, everybody, to a totally bonus, unhinged, uncensored, <laughs> just chatting version of Conspiracy Pilled. Uh, we had a, a guest appearance we are supposed to do tonight, and that got canceled because of technical issues, and we just wanted to freaking talk. Yeah. So want to talk to each other, want to talk to you guys. Um, Abby's been gone for a week. I've been freaking busy as heck, so I thought it'd be a yeah. fun time to catch up. Yeah. What have you been up to, PJ? I'm going to pretend I don't know. <laughs> I have been working three jobs all week. I've been running all the, you know, Hawkhound stuff and conspiracy pills and things like that, driving my truck and working on a farm. So like a couple of days this week, I would do podcast instantly leave for work, get out of work and go right to the farm. And then maybe, maybe if I wanted to sleep somewhere in there, it happened. But, you know, (laughs) it's been a busy week is what I'm saying. What do you farm on this farm? I farm uh, beets. No, I'm just kidding. Turkeys. <laughs> I'm a beet farmer, mommy. Uh, no, turkeys. Um, <laughs> so I just need to clone myself, says Vader of five. Yeah, I feel like I need to clone myself. Um, or get a, a Red Bull IV, I think would be the other more practical. <laughs> no, no. The other healthier, more practical, more morally correct version of that because cloning seems evil. I'm just going to get a Red Bull IV and uh, just, just, you know, <laughs> discreetly tuck it in a sleeve or something. You know, how people wear their phones here when they jog. You've thought way too much about this. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just get a Red Bull thing there on my arm and just have it like threaded a into patch. my veins. Mm-hmm. A patch. patch. Do they make, do they make nicotine patches for caffeine? <laughs> caffeine patches. I- <laughs> <laughs> what what is it meet the robinson she's like it's a caffeine patch lets you stay like for days with no side effects ah! <laughs> i need one of those i need one of those what have you been up to abby I'm well pretend like i don't know well I, I all right boring moving on <laughs> <laughs> no what have you been up to i drove to nashville i worked with some people on a super secret project for for several days I also didn't sleep at all. Said project took 12 to 14 hours out of every day. And then obviously I had to go out and drink 
stuff <laughs> afterward. So there was there was karaoke. There was uh, <laughs> well, I mean, hot- hotel again, pools. Things that have to be done. Things yeah, that have sure. to be done. And uh, yeah, I did. I did that. I, I I'll be able to talk about it in November. Probably is is the is the is probably. the planned date. Yeah. So, are you sure you're not a Fed? <laughs> All I know is it is both cooler and way less cool than it sounds when I'm hunting <laughs> at it. <laughs> I think it's cool. I think it's cool. But, it's like oh, a wait, I don't know. Of cool. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I haven't told I PJ have anything. <laughs> I have no idea what it is. I would never tell PJ anything. <laughs> at all. Yeah, Real Truth Cactus was having shenanigans too. I got to catch up with her today. We just got done doing a stream about uh, books because we're nerds. So <laughs> Nerds. Nerds. Speaking of books, PJ and I have been reading Dan Brown's books. So starting with Angels and Demons and then The Da Vinci Code. Did you finish The Da Vinci Code? I am halfway through the third book. <laughs> I've been this, Okay, through. this is what I get for telling PJ to read a series with me. He just <laughs> goes off ahead. It, to be fair, you said you were going to finish Da Vinci Code like while you were gone. And I was like, oh, I'll start the third one, see if it's worth uh, listening to. And then I sent you a thing saying, yeah, you've got to listen to the third one. You're like, I'm not through the second one. <laughs> yeah, I was so you, tired. You finished the first one before I even started, though. So you yeah. started without me. It's almost like I can not read books without you, PJ. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> You're over here going, PJ's reading ahead of me also. No, I'm uh, well, anyway, it's it's they're really good. You got to slow down, though. I am a. that was fine i did finish monster hunter 2 finally also how'd you like it it was better than the first one yeah yeah it's a lot better than the first one but but like at what point is he gonna stop using the the main character's dead just kidding thing i don't know (laughs) never does he use it in every book (laughs) he's dead just kidding (laughs) he doesn't use it in every book it's just every other book just every other book. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, but no, Dan Brown's books are obviously awful by some metrics, right? Just like really hateful of God. The, yeah. So they're interesting. So for people who don't know what it is, and again, we're just going to meander and talk with you guys because we just missed you guys. So this isn't like structured. We didn't come here with anything like super important to say, but so feel free to just chat send us stuff we'll talk we'll play some things we'll do some stuff but yeah to basically they're the reason everybody knows about dan brown is because the da vinci code and the da vinci code was the one that famously was like pushing the idea that jesus had a wife and had kids and there's this bloodline uh which is a real belief of of a certain group of people that's not made up um, but you can tell the more you get into the books just how much Dan Brown personally believes in the Gnostic myth. And it comes out in his speeches and it comes out in his books. He hates religion, but he has a reverence for what we've pointed out on this show. And we'll do a deeper dive in the future is a, a Luciferian religion. So they're awful in that way. But I ha- I I just kind of love them because, yeah. <laughs> because the symbolism is so interesting. Like this guy really d- dives deep into what all the symbols mean, the secret history of like Washington DC and the Vatican and all of these things. So like 
and he said he lays it out in the beginning of each book. He's like, I'm going to talk about X, Y, and Z. Just so you know, I didn't make any of those up. Research them yourself, which I have been doing. And it's like, oh shit. Like he really didn't make those things up. But again, on the other hand of it being weird and awful, the heroes of all of his books are the secret societies. The Freemasons are the good guys, actually. The Illuminati are the good, literally, he, the Illuminati are the good guys. The Freemasons are the good guys. The Priory of Scion are the good guys. And if you guys have ever seen, and I don't recommend it, if you've ever seen Eyes Wide Shut, that weird satanic sex ritual that's going on in the movie, that's the Priory of Scion. Like, that is... Like the ones that threaten to kill Tom, like kill the all the people and threaten to kill Tom Cruise to keep their like satanic sex rituals a secret, are are the prior sign the good guys in his books. It's it's wild how much he just tells you what it is, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Things that I think Christians have spent so long. I remember. Sorry, let me get my head around this. I remember when the Da Vinci Code came out. And there was much screaming, crying, and throwing up about it in the Christian community, but not for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. It it was what what we didn't recognize was, the, was that Dan Brown was saying something true about what they believe, and something true about what's out there that's up against Christianity. Yeah. Um. Fan Fantasos twelve, y'all going to go over Abby's Twitter drama? Should we? Should we go over my Twitter drama? I will let the chat chat. decide. (laughs) We've got lots of things to say about the Twitter drama this week for sure. Yeah. The what were you going where where were you going with that thought? It's wild when we kind of come to something where we're like, I think I'm noticing this. I think I'm Mm -hmm. noticing that this Luciferian religion exists, that it's baked into Catholicism. It's baked into old symbolism it's baked into this that and the other thing and then we read books written by a guy who does not like god mm-hmm. um or our version of god the god that we worship written in what 2002 mm-hmm. early 2000s and he's saying the exact same things from another angle that all of the all of the facts of the matter are being confirmed it's just the conclusions that we diverge on yeah. Oh, by the way, that's Jax over oh, there. Oh, very Rumble. cool. I'm going to be streaming Portal Two with Jax next uh, Monday, which is going to be really, very really fun. cool. So, you ever you ever see or play the Portal games at all? No. Okay, but I'll watch you, you guys. Check it out. You have to check it out. Yeah. No. Here's the thing. I had a, a, a conversation with my wife about the Dan Brown books, and she's like, a lot of a lot of the time, she's like, this thing is bad. We shouldn't, you know, engage in this and engage in this and that and the other. And I said, I think that we're both right on this. Yeah. And I, I kind of laid it out to her. I'm like, I would never recommend the Dan Brown books to uh, a baby Christian or someone who's coming to the faith because he's very convincing in mm-hmm. in his arguments against Christianity. Right. But if you actually do the research and know what he's talking about, you can see through the BS. Right. And then it ends um, up being helpful to your faith. And then it ends up being a, a booster to your faith. Exactly. So... I find it very interesting where it's like, I know a lot of what we do. It's like, we look at stuff that people shouldn't be looking at to some degree, <laughs> Alistair Crowley, things like that. But the, the, the way that I talk about it with my wife and where we agree on this is like, there's people who are already interested in all of these subjects. Right. And I think it's good that we can come to these subjects that everybody else is talking about from a very new age secularist, uh, atheist yeah. kind of way, or, or not even atheist, but a lot of times just 
reverent of the demonic beings even like to go that far is where most of them go and to say here's what you're interested in learning here's what people are talking about here's why it's important and here's some context and a lot of people are not giving the context at all they're just like oh this thing is real therefore whatever conclusion you want to make out of it and i don't think that that's good <laughs> so the conversation is happening with or without us exactly. and if we we say oh this is so evil i can't be a part of it then there is no christian in the conversation exactly yes and that's what i'm always saying i'm like people who are looking for these subjects are going to find information on these subjects mm-hmm. um so i would like to be there to give good information and to break it down for people who don't right. understand and, and it I know you haven't finished Da Vinci Code, so I'll try not to spoil anything for oh, you. Oh, I, I know. They're, okay, I, can I yeah. just also point out these books are so, like, formulaic. Oh, like, they're super formulaic, yeah. So, so pretty And cool. aggressively nerdy in, yes. like, I love it. The, like. the, the, the symbolism <laughs> in and of itself is why they're great. Yeah. Uh, but the story is the same. I'm, I'm almost through the third same, book. It's the same, same, same story, story in the, yeah, all, all of them. Exactly same plot twists. All of it's 100% <laughs> But... <laughs> There's a part where in in the Da Vinci Code, he basically says the the church, when they put the Bible together, they excluded the Gospel of Mary, they excluded the Gospel of Thomas, they excluded the Gospel of Philip, they excluded this and they excluded that, and isn't that awful? And then he goes on, he goes one step further, and he says these were the earlier versions, and they rewrote them to make Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That's provably false. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one part where he a hundred percent gets it wrong. So if you were listening to this. As, like I said, as a baby Christian or somebody who's coming to this going, oh, wow, there is a lie here. Mm. Uh, these books existed, and they do exist. The Gospel of Judas exists. All these things exist. But what they don't understand is it's actually very clearly documented in, in history mm-hmm. that these books were written between two and 400 AD. They were written by this breakaway sect of Christians, who be- Christians, Gnostics, mm-hmm. who believed, basically made Plato a god, basically... Their whole religion comes back around to Satan's a good guy, actually. It's it's really easy. It's very well documented. Whereas we've got the Dead Sea Scrolls, which date the Gospels back to, you know, around 70, 60 to 70 AD, like while yeah. the while Peter and John and all these people are still alive, right? Yeah. So the lie is that they're earlier Gospels. They're not. They're not. They're, there is a very clear history of how these beliefs came about. Yeah. And, and you they're can really it and things like that. They're really obvious fakes. And yes. people who If you've people, read Judas, it's like this is a very obvious not Judas. The, and the way that the Gnostics pick and choose what they like out of mm-hmm. those books, they'll be like, Yeah, this one says that Jesus was married to Mary Magdalene. Yeah, and it also says a whole bunch of other like absolute awful crap about women, but you're gonna pretend like that's not there um because you all all you care <clears> about is using this to push a narrative. You have to pick and choose out of the Gnostic Gospels if you want to make them say what people like Dan Brown says they say, because they're not cohesive. They deeply contradict each other. Again, there's a history of when these came about. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, literally the Gospel of Thomas, one of the two, by the way, which should be an indicator. (laughs) 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 Thomas wrote two distinctly separate gospels. Um, one of the gospels of Thomas literally pushes the Gnostic dualist I- idea, which comes from Plato mm. that men and women, uh, that <laughs> it's transgenderism. Literally yeah. it's, 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 uh, it says that in order to go to heaven, women have to literally physically become men. <laughs> 
Uh, and that's why I'm trans, you guys. Because <laughs> <laughs> she wants to go to heaven. <laughs> exactly. I just, yeah, I just yeah. want to go to heaven. <laughs> what does that mean for Dylan Mulvaney? Does that mean he's he like really super going to hell? He really does it. <laughs> he's like, I heard I was going to heaven because I'm a man and I don't want that. Right. Uh, yeah, uh, it's just weird stuff. So like for me, I'm reading this stuff and it's bolstering my faith and giving me things to talk about. But I totally yeah. understand my wife's point, which is like, there, because I do see these as harmful to, yeah. and and the Bible actually talks about this. Talks about stumbling blocks for certain people and things like that. Whereas, what's what's that phrase like? A little bit of information can be really dangerous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think that there's a. Whenever I've had this conversation with people about anything, it's always been how you, what you're even reading for, what you're even watching movies for. People will be like, "Well, why would I let this in my entertainment?" I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. reading to be entertained. That's that's the major difference here. I, and I, at this point, I'm not watching movies or TV to be entertained either. I I watch Marvel movies for <laughs> mythology. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing, especially what we're doing is like we have to understand all the different mythologies to be able to talk about them coherently. So yeah. to read the Gnostic Gospels, as I've done more than once, and you know all these different things, it's not even for the entertainment point. I will say, like, as bad as the books are in some degree, they are entertaining just because I'm a They're nerd. They're really about, entertaining. Yeah. I'm a nerd about the symbolism. But, like, as a book, it's really rote and, like, the same thing happens. I think it's, it's like a very specific plot. It's it's evil monk kills someone. Uh, her, his wife, brother, his wife or daughter or sister uh, contacts Dan, contacts this nerdy professor from Harvard, and then they... <laughs> Always with the calm middle of the night. Actually, the Catholic Church is running this guy in some weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always in the middle of the night. But it's always the conclusions that Dan Brown comes to are specifically about the Catholic Church, and he just kind of pretends Protestants don't exist at all because the motivating factor for all of the despicable things that the people in the Catholic Church are allegedly doing these stories, which I don't think that they are doing in real life, um, just to be fair to the Catholics here. Is, is for power, is to preserve their power. And I think that that in some ways has been, you know, historically the Catholic mm. Church has done shitty things to preserve their power. But um, it doesn't make any sense, like make, keeping it a secret that Mary Magdalene and Jesus were married and had kids only ma- makes sense as a preservation of power if you're Catholic. It doesn't make any sense as a preservation of power if you're Protestant. Right. Like who... who I was reading it today and I was like, I don't think Jesus was married. I think that's a really weird thing to read into the Bible, but I don't think that my faith is in any way challenged, threatened by it. Like I, I agree with this because uh, like, I'm like, again, if, if Christ is fully God and fully man, him being married doesn't change yeah. my faith. I don't think At it's all. true for a lot of reasons, but I don't think that it's like, Faith breaking, I guess, is what no. I'd say. Yeah, no, yeah. if if you could prove to me today that that Jesus was with Mary Magdalene and had children, I, I'd be like, cool. I wonder what God's going to do with that. Like, that's a that's a neat little plot twist. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's the, you know we talked about this too. Whereas growing up, I always felt it weird that like every 
movie that pushes an anti-Christian message, and this is always, you know, Hollywood every time they do it. And it just even when it's not an anti-Christian message, it's always my point is that there there's the the church they use to attack Christians is always the Catholic Church in Hollywood and books and things like that. And I always found it weird. I'm like, I'm watching movies my whole life going like, I I don't know. It's always just the Catholic Church. You know what I mean? There's never any other representation in Hollywood. And and his books seem to just completely write out Protestantism as if it doesn't exist mm-hmm. and write out all these other things. And I find that I've, interesting. I've seen, to I don't be know. fair, I think you, you see in some movies and stuff, you see like a cult-like Protestant pastor, like a very small town. Yeah, I should say when they want to pick a judgy, like, yeah, person, it's like Baptists or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's... It's the power, which I think ultimately we're doing, I think we have a lot of way to go on all the research on the Catholic Church. And I think right now it's just eyes are opening up to things we hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. I think I've, I feel like I've been on a bell curve with Catholicism where I grew up believing it was a false religion. I grew up being taught it was a false demonic religion where basically nobody in the church was in the Catholic church was, you know, even saved and all that. And then I met Catholics in real life and I was like, Oh yeah, these, these are good people. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the more I've gone along, the more I've been like, okay, they're good. They're good people. And I respect them. And Catholicism has done really good things for the world. And at the same time, there are deeply pagan Luciferian things that have become intertwined with Catholicism. And in fact are being held now as some of the most sacred things of the faith, which is sad to see. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at too. Like growing up Protestant, you hear things about the Catholics and then you read so many great Catholic writers like C.S. Lewis or even Tolkien or you just meet a lot of really great Catholic people. And it's like I don't have any doubt in my mind about their salvation or right. their convictions or their faith or things like that. And then you ask questions and I guess we are going to get into it. Um, You ask questions and it's just like the most vitriolic hatred that I've ever gotten on Twitter. You probably not that you've ever gotten, but pretty maybe you've gotten a lot of hate on Twitter more than I have. But the most shocking because you expect the leftists to hate you. Certainly the most shocking. I got more. I got more. What am I allowed to say? Whatever you want to say. More people told me to kill myself yeah. than the last time I had a super viral tweet about drag. Like, so the last time 4 million people saw an anti-drag tweet, I got mm-hmm. less pleas for me to kill myself, less directives mm-hmm. to kill myself than I did with tweets seen by much fewer people. So a much higher percentage of the people who saw this tweet told me to kill myself. And a lot of, a lot of people were like, well, those aren't real Catholics. And I'm like, well, great. I, you're right. I'm I'm not going to judge an entire faith by the worst people on the internet, but at the same time, they would not be mad at me and they would not be telling me to kill myself if they weren't Catholic. Like the only reason they're mad is because I challenged a Catholic belief. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult for me to accept that they're not, Oh, those aren't those aren't real Catholics. No, those are just like I think that each movement has to take 
some sort of responsibility for the its fringes. Yeah. That conservatism needs to take some sort of responsibility for Nick Fuentes. Um, that maybe we all agree he's wrong, but we also have to recognize that's what happens when you go too far in this direction that we're saying is a good direction. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It's It's a lot to sort out yeah I, I actually wanted to bring up this thing that jack says really quick um <laughs> it says uh, i guess it's a question of uh was christ required to follow the commandments given to adam and eve was he required to marry to fill all righteousness which is an interesting thought and this brings me back to like what you were saying is i feel like these are things that we can talk about and debate yeah but what i have a problem with is like if your most deeply held beliefs come from a thousand years of people given ultimate power telling you what something is. And I, and I simply ask the question, like, can you give me how you got to this? Could you mm-hmm. give me something in the Bible? Because I'm being told I'm a heretic for saying this is in the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I'm being called a heretic for saying this isn't, and I'm not ready to jump on board with 110% belief in something that I don't have scriptural basis for. And no one answered my question because you you said stuff. <laughs> You're a little inflammatory, which is fine because we all are. I should probably. Then, <laughs> for, okay, for you people- can bring it up, but I, I just wanted to say this really quick. I, I I came after that, and I said I just asked the question. I said how how is heretic the proper title for someone who believes things in the Bible and doesn't believe things not in the Bible? And no, not one person answered that question. I got called a cunt. I got called all kinds of awful things. I, I, just terrible things said to me, like you should kill yourself, whatever, all that stuff. But no one answered the question. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't, that was not inflammatory. And that's like, that's the thing that was the most frustrating for me because I saw my friend, well, Frida, she did the same thing. She said, yeah, at poll, do you believe that Mary was a perpetual virgin? She doesn't know. She's asking a question. She's right. someone who's new to the faith, by the way, in so many right. ways. Um, and that's not me knocking on Frida. I love Frida. But that's, if that's how you're reacting to someone who's saying, I don't understand Catholicism. I would like to learn. They're like, and how dare you ask such an yeah, evil, vile right. question? Yeah, 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 it was like really vitriol. Like that one was, I probably would say, well, the worst example just because of the, the total innocence of her asking it. Yeah. Uh, the way that was, it was, that was, was really pretty, awful. Pretty disgusting. But go ahead with your, your tweet. Thing. So what I, for those who missed it, I tweeted something to the effect of, as a, it was sassy. It was sassy. It was meant to trigger people. Um, I, as a Protestant, I draw the line at, at, um, uh, what was it? Like, what was it? Like, I won't speak badly of Mary. I don't think she was a bitch who, who, uh, refused to have who, sex with her yeah. husband. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because the doctrine is that she stayed a virgin her whole life. And I'm like, I don't, I think that's a bitch thing to do. I don't think she did that. I, I don't. I think better of her than that. And and then uh, I followed up by saying, you know, the perpetual virginity and the sinlessness of Mary are the two most deeply pagan things about Catholicism, and they're also in conflict with each other. You can't have a married perpetual virgin. That was the point of your original tweet. As, as yes. like inflammatory as it was, the point was one we've talked about before, which is. Literally, biblically, it's a sin to deny your husband sex in marriage. Right. So you can't be both a virgin in marriage and sinless. And and they bring up... Here's the thing that was frustrating. Yes, I was sassy. I'm sassy about everything on Twitter. So for people who know me, 
No, like, really? I Yeah. <laughs> I know. If you haven't met me, that's how I talk on the internet. Because um, I think that's the only way to talk on the internet in a lot of ways. Nobody is there for measured right. anything. You know, you have to make your point. You have to make it punch. You get people talking. Um, I definitely thought I would trigger people. I didn't think I would have so many people want me dead. Because um, it was ultimately, it was lighthearted. Ultimately, it was like, <laughs> I think that this doctrine is kind of silly. Uh, I don't think Mary was well, you a bitch. Also, you also were pushing back against the idea that we often come to, which is to say, if I don't think Mary is an actual deity, then I hate her. And I yeah. hear this from a lot of Catholics. I'm like, no, I don't no, think that's the don't. same. I don't think you hate my mother, for instance, if you, Abby, told me that my mom's not a goddess. Yeah, your, go- your mom's not a goddess, PJ. I know. I'm not. <laughs> <Super fat. laughs> wow i mean i i wouldn't know i've never seen a picture of her look you I, can't the last fit time her. she the last time she saw 90210 was on the bathroom <laughs> scale but that's beside the point uh yeah no, but have- for real it's like it's not an insult to my mother to say that you don't deify her as an actual goddess right and they get very butthurt when you say that when you say you worship her like a goddess and I, I understand that Catholics do not believe that they are worshiping her like a goddess. But show <clears throat> me how they could worship her more. Like, mm-hmm. if they were to worship her like a goddess, what would they have to add? Like, they're already doing all of it. They're already being, they're already telling people to die mm-hmm. for suggesting that she had sex with her husband. Like a good woman. It's a pretty excre- which is pretty extreme. <laughs> It's, it's really extreme. extreme. It wasn't it wasn't one or two. It was it was quite a few people who did the work to go into my DMs and tell me that. And then it was quite when I posted the DMs, quite a few oh. more people who either said, "Yeah, you should definitely do that. You should definitely kill yourself." adding on or um people who were like, "Well, you asked for it." There was I got ratioed. I got ratioed on screenshots telling me to kill myself that's insane it and so how do you say this is just a few outliers in catholicism when i'm getting ratioed (laughs) but this this brings me to this brings me to my my biggest criticism of the catholic church and again people take people are going to get mad and i don't i I think it's stupid because i think my catholic friends who know me aren't mad at me um because they on most of them aren't uh because they understand that i don't see how do I put this? I respect them and I respect their faith and I respect that I, I think they're saved and all of these things. I don't get that same respect back from a lot of them. Nope. Unfortunately, which is the odd part because as a Protestant, we believe that Catholics are going to heaven. They don't believe that we are. So right. just saying. Just I, saying made, but, I made fun of one of your doctrines one time. Right. You constantly post about how evil I am on the timeline, but I'm the bad guy. Plus, the only reason you even said anything is because we're constantly getting attacked for right. just being Protestant with you without even saying anything. The double but standards th- amazing. This, this brings me to to my biggest criticism, which is the fact that, and I think this this really underlies the whole issue. I I believe is that I don't believe that human beings in this flesh, walking on this earth, can be made perfect uh, in their flesh. Now it talk, you know, the Bible talks about being given a, a new body, a new flesh, being re- redeemed and renewed. and yeah. But I don't believe that people can be perfect now. I think Jesus is the exception, and I think that that's what is so right. amazing, right? So this idea that we, we see is like the Pope is infallible at these times, whatever. 
this person's doctrine, which is written four or 500 years after the Bible and paid for and funded by the Roman government that was persecuting the Christians five seconds before, is untouchable doctrine, and this person is perfect and couldn't have said anything wrong. And then I go, well, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that people are fallible. I think that even people in the church, I think that if Satan wants to infiltrate the church, he's going to do that, and we've seen tons of evidence of it uh, in all churches. And I'm willing to point the finger back at myself and say, you know, there's problems in the Protestant church. But instead of that humility, it's, well, Martin Luther said this, and you're awful because Martin Luther said this. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand me, though. Yeah. And I feel like... I don't give I had, a crap if Luther was shitty. I don't care shitty. what Martin Luther... Yeah, yeah. And like, he's a human. I think when he's right, he's right. And when he's wrong, he's wrong. And yes. that's the whole point yes. of Protestantism. <laughs> it literally is the point. Yes. So it's weird that Protestants are like, you know, I actually don't think that this person is infallible and perfect always and that they haven't... Uh, that the, the, they're, you know without sin and holy and, and righteous and beyond, uh, you know, yeah, beyond even being able to question them. So Protestants believe that. And then you say, well, Martin Luther said, well, I don't, Martin Luther hated the Jews too. So I don't know like what you yeah. want me to say, Yeah, but it, yeah, it's, it's just, I think that's the disconnect is that the whole point of Protestantism, the, the other disconnect is, you know, this is the first and only holy church. And I think what we've talked about, and this isn't true of all Protestantism, and I don't want to say it is, right. but it's something that we've talked about. And I think a lot of, of good Protestants are trying to understand is like, what does the church of Acts look like? And how can we model that? And maybe we don't believe that the Roman government setting up a church under a pagan ruler, Constantine, was the same vision for the church that was the persecuted church in Acts. Yeah. And that somehow is, well, you guys came 1,500 years later, you know, all these things. It's like you definitely have your points of like you've got these traditions and you've got accountability that's missing and lacking in the Protestant church. I'm not without pointing the fingers back at myself. But I think that the goal of Protestantism or the, whole, the highest goal should be understanding what it is that Jesus was trying to set forth and how the church looked, like I said, in Acts yeah, um, and not you know, well, we moved worship to Sunday because it didn't offend the people who are worshiping Ra. You know, like maybe that's like something, and the Protestants followed it. And I think that, you know, again, I don't think the day matters as much, but I, I kind of just symbolically wish we would just go back to Saturday. Yeah, it would be better. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I want to answer some questions really quick before we get to Yeah, I noticed the that the chat was really picked up mm -hmm. on the... Um, Jesus being married thing. And if you're ready to go back to that, yeah, I'd yeah, be I happy to go back to that. That's what I wanted to go back to. Okay. So uh, I'm certain this question is 2000 years old. How could, oh, I can just put this on screen actually. Um, how could God come to earth and become a man without loving a woman? Sincere question. Well, Jack's, Jack's also had, sorry, an, a similar comment that, which was Jewish culture has a high regard for marriage's purpose being to fulfill Adam and Eve's commandment to multiply and replenish the earth. That's why, the marriage isn't viewed as official until the consummation of the marriage. Um, yeah. What were you going to say? And then I have an answer to this as well. Yeah. I think that Jax is, is hundred percent right on that. And that's just another point, but I think there's two different questions. So I want to go back to the first one about um, Jesus and uh, Mary Magdalene, that whole thing. It's again, I'm going to say this. I don't think that Jesus being married would break my faith. Um, my issue is just that I don't think it's true. And the reason I don't think it's true is because I know the sources that it comes from. 
So um, basically this whole idea was spurred about by people who worshipped the sacred feminine, worshipped uh, Sophia. Like it mm. was, it came from goddess worship. It came from people who literally worshipped a goddess over Jesus. Right. Which might also be something I think the mm, that sounds familiar. Hmm. Right. Hmm. So, so <laughs> that's my point, right? So it, it, where it comes from is the reason I don't believe it, but you ask how could he become a man without loving a woman? This was not uncommon um entirely. I know some people will say it is, but Paul was, you know, the highest up in his sect of Ju- of Juda- Judaism at his time and he was celibate. Uh, I believe it doesn't say this maybe, but I thought the idea was that a lot of the Essenes were also that way. So if you were to be a preacher or, or a John the Baptist essentially would have been celibate is the belief. So I don't think it's, it, we do have a history of, of this being a thing of certain people and Christ talks about this. Certain people have even, I think he says even castrated themselves in order to uh, forego that, to develop, to, to devote their lives entirely to God. So that idea is not unbiblical. And the idea that Jesus might have been one of those rabbis who decided to devote his entire life to God and his ministry instead of marriage is not unbiblical. So mm-hmm. um, and, I read- and if, if I, if again, I just want to say this one more time, if, if it was the case that he lived a fully human life and married, you know, Mary Magdalene, and all that stuff, it wouldn't change my faith. It's just that the people who push it are pushing it for the wrong reasons. And that's right. the biggest reason I don't believe it. Yeah. I read the wrong Jack's quote earlier. That's why um, I said, I guess it is a question of was Christ required to follow the commandment given to Adam and Eve? Was he required to marry to fulfill all righteousness? So the Jewish tradition of courtship and all of that was that he would, the guy would come, he would court the girl and then he would base, he would propose to her. Mm. Then he would leave. He would go prepare their house and then he would return um, at an hour she didn't expect necessarily. Mm-hmm. And there was this idea of being ready for him. Um, and then he would come and then the wedding feast would be prepared and then he would, they would have the wedding feast and then he would take her to the home that he prepared. And I think that the answer with Jesus is that he hasn't gotten married yet. That his because bride... the bride is the church. The church. The, yeah. the ch- and the Bible is so clear about this. The church is the bride of Christ. And so what we saw... When Jesus was on earth was the courtship period. He, he yeah, that's perfect. Did, I like that. Yeah. He did miracles. He he and then he was like, Behold, I go to prepare a place for you, and I will come again and receive you unto myself. He's he's literally saying, I mean, the, all of the there's so much of this bridegroom imagery. It's in the Psalms, it's in Song of Solomon, it's in the way that Jesus talked, it's in Revelation. That he, mm-hmm. that the wedding feast is coming, that the bridegroom is coming, and that he is going to receive his bride. So I do think the only thing that would startle me about proof that Jesus married someone on earth is that it kind of would break down that right. really beautifully set up yeah. metaphor. Yeah, I agree with you. The only reason I said it, it wouldn't change my faith is because I just don't assume to... Uh, I don't let... I know what I believe. And if it's if I'm getting it a little bit wrong, I have enough humility right. to say I'm getting a little bit wrong. That's right. the other. Okay, can I? Sorry, I'm not trying to attack the Catholic <laughs> Let's Church go back to so a ton. Yeah. But that's the whole issue I think that people aren't getting is there's no humility around the Reformation from Catholics, and it bothers me because there should be. 
Because some of the things, some of the things that the Catholic Church was doing when Martin Luther stapled the 96 Thesis to the door, they stopped doing, which would mean that Martin Luther was right on some of these issues, at least. The Catholic Church even believes that Martin Luther was right on at least some of these issues. So there's no humility to say, you're right, we messed up in these areas, and we should, we want to fix it, and we want you to come back to the fold. And instead, it's heretic, kill yourself, you evil prodies. Instead of saying we fix those things or, you know, any humility to say maybe the Catholic church did do some things wrong. Maybe there were some popes who did some pretty awful things like burning people at the stake and the inquisition and the crusades. And right. Maybe there's like some humility that needs to be reached. It's that bothers me. Protestants err on the side of being wrong about a lot of things to the detriment of church cohesion, church unity. Protestants mm. err on the side of disunity, and it's sad. Yeah. And because of the disunity, um, the error often multiplies into more error. You you get people who are willing to split off from their church rather than admit they're wrong, come mm. under church leadership, things that are biblical. That's a that's a big problem. In some ways, that after the Reformation, after the split, because it wasn't a Reformation, it should have been a Reformation, but it wasn't. It was a split. Right. After the split, Protestants continued to split. We just split and split and split and split. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's a shame. That's a real shame on us. Catholics erred on the side of insisting they were right all the time and killing people who disagreed with them. That's I feel like that's the difference between us. <laughs> One group erred on the side of being wrong and disunified, and the other group erred on the side of killing people mm-hmm. for being wrong. And especially when your most sacred things are not, you're not, you're not pointing to a Bible verse and saying, you are going against this, therefore we were going to burn you. It's, you're going against this thing that is not even in the Bible, that some church leader said one time, we're going to burn you at the stake for thinking the sun's in the center of the universe. Ridiculous stuff like that. And I think that's what happens when you mix religious and political power <clears throat> together you get kind of a license in people's minds to do horrible things in the name of religion. And and it's a huge shame too, because there's so many great conversations that we could be having that we can't have. And for me, one of those is like the idea of purgatory. And I understand that the Catholic church pushed the idea of purgatory in the 11th century was not an original church theology. Yes. But when you study the Bible and you read things like Sheol and you read things like about how, you know, all these things, all these things, there is maybe some truth to it that we could have a conversation about, but instead it's a dogmatic belief that it's, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not even an original belief. In Protestantism, it is understood that we have theological debates. Yes. In Catholicism, if you are Frida and you ask a question, was Mary sinless or whatever it was that she asked you ask a question and you get attacked as a heretic how dare you ask this question how dare you challenge this belief how dare you try to have a debate about this you heretical swine you ugly piece of shit go kill yourself (laughs) yeah Yeah. we're not the same Mm -hmm. 
Protestants suck in so many ways, but we are not the same. <laughs> See, and this is why I love in some ways like uh, Calvin and Luther's teachings to some degree because yeah. they're like, yeah, you know what we realized is that human beings suck and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. Yep. And we're um, continually deceitful all the time. I'm like, that sounds a lot like things written in the Bible, like the hope, the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful in Jeremiah or all have fallen short of the glory of God. It's like all, right? And that includes Mary. And I, I know that really pisses Catholics off, but that is literally in the Bible. She calls Jesus her savior. A sinless person doesn't need a savior. And I just, it's not, and again, I just go back to saying like, it's not that we don't revere Mary. It's not that we don't think she was wonderful in all of these ways that God found favor in her to carry the son of, of God into this world. All these things that should be, you know, kudos to her. But it's but the deifying thing is just it's too far. It's way too far. And it's way I, too far. One thing I think we, we really need to research more mm -hmm. because there's this whole story in the midst of all the yelling, there were certain phrases thrown at me, like, haven't you ever heard of blank? And I'm like, no, I haven't. It would be great if instead of yelling at me, you explained this doctrine to me mm -hmm. like a rational person. But no. Um, but I'm aware that there are reasonings, that, that, that there's this idea of a vow of chastity, a vow of celibacy, this idea that she, that Mary recognized that the Son of God had passed through her womb and therefore it was inappropriate for her to have anything else coming in there. And so she took a vow um, that Joseph also understood was appropriate. If anyone want, like if literally... Okay, I can't say that nobody said this to me because I did mute it after a while. And so maybe somebody did. But as far as I know, nobody gave me an actual, thoughtful, measured response. And that just tells me that people are not comfortable. Uh, they're not solid in their faith. What I said rocked them so much that they couldn't, they couldn't give a thoughtful response. And that's telling in and of itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> it's, I guess I'm just a person who always is going to ask questions. <laughs> so, you know, it's. Imagine that. Yeah. Imagine asking questions. Yeah. You heretical I, swine. <laughs> and I don't think that that's wrong. I, I just, it's hard for me to believe that asking questions and trying to understand your faith deeper uh, is wrong. And I feel like that. It's it's just mirrored the whole way down of like, as a Protestant, I believe when it says Jesus is the one way, the truth, and the life, that you go to him, he's a mediator between you and God. Right. I take that seriously, and yeah. I don't think that I need the Pope or the saints or Mary to mediate for me to Jesus to God. I just don't think I need that extra step. Um, and for that same reason, I want to understand my faith better, and I want to read the Bible for myself, which was outlawed in the Catholic Church for a long time. Um, there's the reason they translated it to Latin was specifically so the people couldn't read it. Um, but it's yeah. kind of weird to me how, first of all, how many Catholic doctrines have functioned to give power to the Catholic church, like have, have served no other function or completely not biblical. It's not biblical to not read the Bible for yourself. It's not biblical to, um, by indulgences, but they, they were very convenient doctrines for the Catholic church to push. 
Mm-hmm. And then also when you have this, and I think this happened under Constantine, when when instead of being a church that was in opposition to a state, you had a, a church and state merge and Christianity become the religion of the land. And then you had people merging their paganism with Catholicism. This is well documented that during that time, because Christianity was legislated, paganism and Christianity got mixed up. And at some point there became, began to be things like the worship of the divine feminine, the worship of Venus, the worship of Asherah, Ishtar, whatever you want to call her. That goddess got so intertwined Mm -hmm. with Catholicism People wanted to worship that goddess. They weren't actually saved. So when you told them that they had to be Catholic, they just picked the best character in the Bible and made her that goddess so they could continue worshiping her. That's what happened. Yeah, that's the one part that Dan Brown unfortunately gets so right right. about his books is that he's like, look, you've got Constantine, this pagan ruler of Rome who decided to merge all the religions into one and put it under the head of, of this growing and powerful religion and therefore they brought in a lot of pagan worship they brought in the the fish hats of uh why can't I think of his name of uh Dagon they brought in the Asherah worship in this way they brought in this and it's unfortunately true and this is why again what I say constantly is like my my obsession in in understanding the Bible and understanding Christ is I want to understand the original actual <laughs> Church of Acts. I, I, I know yes. I keep saying it. Also, some people in chat were, uh, I, I realized the chat froze on me and it wasn't refreshing. I thought people mm. just weren't commenting. Um, oh. I was going to bring something up earlier and then the chat beat me to it. This is, again, when you said that the Protestants are splitting and splitting and splitting, this yeah. is why I, I firmly believe that the Bible repeats itself mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, uh, We've shown this on stream before. I, I truly believe that that was the spiritual Tower of Babel moment uh, was the Reformation. I think it was the same thing when you've got people making themselves into gods. Mm-hmm. God's going to be upset with that and split it apart. Yeah. I, I really think that. So, yeah. Um, I'm asking Tommy Walker had said that there was a verse that said that Mary Magdalene was Jesus's companion. I'm just asking for that verse so I can look at it in the Greek because I do know a little Greek and I'd love to see it. Um, I do think. I feel, go ahead. I do yeah, think we should that, read it in the Greek, though. I do think marriage is such an important thing mm-hmm. that if Jesus was married, the Bible would have just said so. Like I don't. I don't think it's like sneaking in one little word here, like hey, companion. Like every uh, every other marriage is like, and so and so married so and so. It's it's a big deal, and I don't. I don't think the Bible would have just. God well, is also, not a god of secrets and hidden knowledge. That's that's not what this has ever been about. Also, this is you know where Dan Brown gets it entirely wrong. He makes the claim, he, and he brings up this idea of the Dead Sea Scrolls, which mm-hmm. people don't understand the Dead Sea Scrolls or the Nagamati at all. They yeah. just haven't researched it. They just believe what they heard on National Geographic or some mm-hmm. bullshit. But the point I want to make in that is if, if, the, if the Gospels of John and Mark and Matthew and Luke were all altered to exclude Mary Magdalene, and you'd have to explain to me how they were altered hundreds of years before the <laughs> <laughs> before Constantine, which just isn't yeah. the case. So, like that claim that they 
gathered the gospels and then cut out the parts of Mary Magdalene, but then left in clues for some weird reason, like her being a companion. It's just incoherent. I I have a feeling like the I, I have a feeling like if it said she she was his companion, it probably doesn't mean wife. And if it did, it would probably be more explicit. But again, you should probably we should probably find it in the Greek and just go yeah. over. It's again. It's just it, for me. It just comes back to like who pushes the idea. That to me is always big. Um, it's like we said on the Titan episode a few weeks ago. It was like all these conspiracy theories are popping up around the Titan. But if you look into them, they're the top Google search results that were populated that week. Right. So I'm like Google or whoever runs it wants you to believe X, Y, and Z about this. Like it does matter who's pushing the idea. Yeah. I was I was watching a lawyer talk about how uh, what a slam dunk the uh, the lawsuits are going to be, and then I was like, wait, what if this was <laughs> what if this was fraud all along? What if what if they really did die and, and it they went down there, they got into another boat, it imploded, and they're just <laughs> waiting to get their money from suing the company? No, I th- I think that they actually I think it's just hubris. Honestly, that was the yeah. same thing. I think that there is. There are times when there's a spirit, a demonic spirit over a, a location. Because I think that... And people mess with those locations with the same names. And they don't realize that symbolism and names and places have power. Yeah. I think that I think that What's-His-Face got caught up in the same spirit of hubris that mm-hmm. took down the Titanic. and So, so you much see, so that he named it the Titan. What an yeah. idiot. Yeah. <laughs> Not even the great god Poseidon could sink this ship. I'm going to just taunt Poseidon. I know. By going down here in an unapproved craft with una- like with with issues with it that I have been told over and over again by engineers, this is bad. You should not be making it with this material. He See, I think the conspiracy behind both the Titan and the Titanic is that people uh, f- taunted the taunted the taunted Poseidon essentially. Yeah. Um, and they're like, just don't mess with, <laughs> you don't mess yeah. with demonic powers that way where you just like, I'm going to come into your realm and taunt you and, uh, see what happens. You, you know, shouldn't taunt. Fafo. <laughs> you shouldn't taunt the gods if you're Christian and you belong to God. And like, but, but you definitely shouldn't taunt the gods if you, you're not under God's protection. So, Jack says, gotta go. Oh, hold on. Let me pull up the thing now. That I'm getting it to load again. Uh, Jack says, gotta go. Definitely will finish this episode later. Love what y'all are talking about right now. Thank you. I, I appreciate that, Jack. I'm looking forward to coming on your uh, stream yeah. next week. Um, I, I love that you guy. guys will just hang out with us while we like <laughs> just chat. Because it's funny. Some of I think some of the fun, mo- most fun moments that we've had have been just like, oh, hey, let's just do a stream and see what happens. And then we just have <laughs> really good conversations with you guys. So. Sometimes it's the unplanned moments that have been awesome the with best. what we're doing. I like as much as I know what I believe and I stand by my tweets. Although I, I deleted one of them because people were screaming at me for calling Mary a bitch. And I was like, I didn't do that. And because you're misreading it so consistently, you said she I'll wasn't. delete it. Yeah, you I literally said, she, said wasn't. she wasn't. I literally said I don't think she is. But that's kind of my modus operandi is that is that if I tweet something and it is being misunderstood really grossly and I'm having to answer for something I didn't say, then I'll delete it. Yeah. Um, That's a good rule of thumb though. 
Because sometimes it's not that you said the wrong thing. It's that people just aren't getting it. Yeah. 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 But I got the shit kicked out of me, man. Like it's been like three days of just Jeremy Boring made a statement about it today because it was so bad. <laughs> that's pretty insane. That's pretty um, insane. That's me leading the discourse <laughs> <laughs> by not calling Mary a bitch. <laughs> I think Mary was really incredible. Yeah. I, I really do. I think that the amount of courage it takes to have an angel appear before you and tell you you're pregnant yeah. in a culture that's going to look down on you your entire, entire life for that. And instead of complaining about it or worrying what people are going to think about her, she just says, okay, like God do with me what you want to do with me. And I have always admired that so much about her. I think it's because we love Mary. And we yeah. think so highly of her that we don't like to see her turned into this thing that she's not because we think she would be horrified by that. This is this this brings me back to like the who's misunderstanding who thought. Because like, okay, my sister had a friend that gave her a book about Mary. My sister's a Protestant. Her friend was Catholic. She gave her a book. She's like, you should read this book about Mary. And she reads it. And the friend asks her, so what do you think about it? She's like, yeah, it was really, really good. And she's like, really? You you like this thing that was positive about Mary? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why um, wouldn't I? Imagine that. But they think that we literally hate Mary, and that's so They have to. Weird. That's, that's, I, that's when you know someone's believing a lie, is, is when they have to believe something false about you to hold their thing up. Right. In the same way that the LGBTQ plus L, I don't give a fuck, community has to believe we hate them. They can't believe that we think that this lifestyle is harmful to them, that that out of care for them, we think that maybe, maybe don't do that. Uh, they have to believe we hate Mary. They have to believe that. I don't know. I could go on, but this goes back to my other thing. The biggest thing that they would say that we misunderstand about them is the worship of Mary. And I don't think we do misunderstand it about them. I think they misunderstand this about themselves. I, it's not a willful misunderstanding. When they say you hate Mary, they willfully misunderstand our position. Yes, but when they say that they don't worship Mary, it's not willful misunderstanding, but I think they are misunderstanding. Right. When when we say you worship Mary, we're saying everything that is worship, you are doing that for Mary. Just because yes. like, no amount of you saying we don't worship her cancels out how much you worship her. I'm watching you worship her. I'm getting beat over the head for not worshiping her. How do you not see it? I just don't understand how praying to someone and giving alms to someone is not worship. Like the Bible would define that as worship in, in all of, and, and beyond that, it's just right. the titles. Like this, this always gets to me. Like the queen of heaven is, is a 4,000 year old title of Ishtar. And it's like, Right. That's a weird one. And I know the Catholic Church has a history of like, well, let's not offend this group. Let's bring this in. And that's that's the weirdest one to me is mm -hmm. like, let's bring in all of the pagan symbolism to so we can bring them into the fold. But Protestants who ask a question, go kill yourself. Like that's that's the, that's a weird thing to me. Yeah. Did you it, find that verse? No, I haven't. I'll look it up while you're. Did, did he send it? No. Oh, I, I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for it. I can look for it. The companion verse. 
Yeah, I'm looking. Live research, you guys. <laughs> I love this, though. This is what PJ and I's phone conversations are like. Yeah. Sometimes I wish you could hear more of those because they're so much fun. I, I'm not finding it yet. But John. Let me try else. Hmm. Luke 8, 2. Uh, cer and certain women which have been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, uh, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went uh, out seven devils. John twenty seventeen. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father. Even when I look it up that way, I'm not finding it. So, yeah, I I feel I like Googled. if this was a, I feel like if this was a Gnostic thing, it would be pushed to the top of some of this stuff, and I'm just not. I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm just not finding it, and I'm not familiar with that verse. Well, but, yeah, let's keep poking around. Yeah, I googled Jesus companion Mary Magdalene verse. And I, I pulled up John 20, 1 to 13. Mary Magdalene sees the risen Jesus alone, and he tells her, don't touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my father, which doesn't sound like something a husband says to his wife once he rises no. again. Um, but when I do search Mary Magdalene companion, the gospel of Mary Magdalene comes up a lot, so it's hmm. probably in there. Ah, uh, And yeah. it's not your fault because a lot of people... A lot of people have done this where they'll, they'll quote verses they've heard and they don't realize they're coming from Gnostic texts. So maybe you're maybe that's what's going on. Um, yeah, let me search this a little different way. Yeah, so the Gospel of Luke chapter 8, that's what you were just in, right? Yes. So, okay. Hold on, on, here it is. Here it is. It's the Gnostic Gospel of Philip that refers to her as companion. That's the only place you'll find her referred to as his companion, and the Gospel of Philip actually does put forth the idea that Jesus was married to Magdalene, and it's also a gospel that was written about two to 300 AD, and hmm. this was used by some of the earliest uh, separatists from the church. I can't, I'm trying to remember his name. Uh, Valentinus preached the Gospel of Philip, and Valentinus was thought to be pretty okay on his philosophy uh, for a while until uh, other people started investigating. They're like, oh, yeah, no, this guy's literally preaching luciferian religion so right that does not come from the bible it comes from the gospel of philip did you read luke i should pull this third up, so century I'm... yeah so it was about 250 i thought that uh and there, there's recordings of other people talking about this being written so you know it wasn't actually written by philip so yeah yeah hundreds of years after philip's death yeah tommy walker says and all yeah. the stuff where he would kiss her on the lips she's his woman she was part of the two marys and john the ones that didn't deny him Tommy, that's not in the Bible. The stuff about kissing her on the lips, that's that all in, in the Gnostic that's in Gospels. Philip. That's in that's in the Gospel of Philip, which is, like I yeah. said, it's a Gnostic Gospel. Um, the Luke, Luke 8, 1. Did you already read this, PJ? Luke 8, 1, first I few verses? read Luke 8, 2, so go ahead. Okay, yeah. This is the only Bible verse that talks about Mary Magdalene traveling with Jesus, and mm -hmm. it, it brings up several women who were traveling with Jesus who felt like they owed him a lot. Mary, who, from whom, Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Harold's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. These are women who the Bible mentions as traveling with Jesus um, and because they had money, um, give, giving money and helping, helping this whole endeavor happen. But that's the only thing, I mean, there's the... Let me, what's, where's the, um, let me just pull up the story of Mary Magdalene. 
um, I think it will be worthwhile to, to read what the Bible says. Cause I, I love her as a, as a character. I think she's a really mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, what chapter even, okay. So I'm just reading this by the way. Also, even in Philip, it doesn't p- fully push the idea that it, it says even the translation of companion in Greek in Philip would not mean spouse or partner. So mm-hmm. even <laughs> Where it says companion, which is a Gnostic book, does not say it's his wife. But it does say he kisses her a bunch, so it's pretty weird. But the Gospel of Philip is pretty weird if you've ever read it. It's, yeah, I don't know, it's weird. Okay, I guess that, yeah, maybe I'm mixing her up with somebody else. But, yeah, I mean, Jesus cast seven demons out of this woman is is what we know for sure. Um, And that she was more loyal to him than even his 12 apostles that she, she was one of those at, at the tomb believing, um, not hiding out after his arrest, but like staying, staying by the tomb. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a very feminine thing to do. I don't think that you have to be in love with somebody to, well, no, because even Mary and Martha are talked about in similar ways as Mary Magdalene, right. but there is, I think it literally does come from the Gnostic gospels being kind of, yeah, mixed in with falsely for thousands of years with the yeah. actual biblical gospels. So there's a lot of things that we I've been recognizing that the church, I shouldn't say the church, Christians believe about the Bible that aren't there because they've heard it mm-hmm. and they don't realize where they heard it from was from Thomas or Philip or Judas, right. or whatever, or the yeah. Jehovah's Witnesses or the Mormons who also have very Gnostic beliefs. Yeah, I think that there's a spirit of wanting to discredit Jesus. And so every encounter with a woman he has is like, oh, something there. Yeah. And and there's nothing there. But it, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting, the juxtaposition of these two things that the Gnostic religion needs Jesus to have been with a woman and it needs Mary mother of Jesus to have never been with a man. Mm-hmm. It, it, it seems like a lot of the Catholic doctrines, and I want to be careful because I don't fully understand everything, but it seems like there is a need for something to be true. And then a lot of post hoc reasoning behind it. But the need, I don't completely understand the need for it to be true. I don't understand why Mary needs to have been born of a virgin herself. Why Mary's mother needed to have had a virgin birth. Why Mary needs to be a perpetual virgin. Why we have to pretend Jesus didn't have brothers. Why we need Mary to be sinless. Why we need Mary to have been assumed up to heaven like a goddess. Mm-hmm. Um, she was assumed into heaven just like just just like the the Greek you know, conception of assumption, but she's definitely not a goddess. (laughs) See, and this is the thing. Christ lived in a time of a lot of Greek thought, and he spoke to this. Paul spoke to this. Paul debated a lot of the Greek thought. He actually even debated um, Stoicism in in, in his letter. But inevitably, because Greek was the predominant culture, so much of the Greek tried to take the gospel and make it their own. That is what Gnosticism mm-hmm. is. It literally, it makes Plato on par with Jesus in a weird way, uh, which he's not. <laughs> um, uh, 
Jess says, this is where the Protestant church has done a huge disservice to Christians by focusing on individual verses every Sunday instead of encouraging deep study of all. all Correct. All that is a big, um, big indictment on the Protestant church that I 100% agree with. This is why I, I really only go to churches that will do the deep dives. Deep dives, yeah. I don't know what else you want to call it. There's, no, there's a name for it, but... Uh, well, I forget what it's called, but basically so, reading a book all the way through instead of here's two verses that out of context say what right. I want it to say. I think that there's a conflation because it's, it's called expository. But yeah, yeah, yeah. The, OK, so there's topical teaching and then there's verse by verse teaching, basically. And I have seen those both be good and both yes. be bad. And yes. and there are a lot of people who pretend like verse by verse teaching is is wonderful and lovely and, and topical teaching is bad, but I've seen them do verse by verse and only do two verses in a sermon. And I'm like, well, then you mm -hmm. completely defeat whatever it is you thought you were gaining by going verse by verse. Whereas I've seen topical teachings have hundreds, well, maybe hundreds is too much, but like tens and tens of verses pulling in from all different angles I in the Bible and covering yeah, the topic really good. well. I guess what I was trying to say is if they don't do any expository teaching, it bothers me. Yes. That's what I was trying yes. to say. Not not that topical is always bad or it's right. not very good or whatever, or that expository is always wonderful. My point was if they don't do any expository, it bothers me personally. It yeah. bothers me because I feel no, like I, I want to, even if, even if it, you, I know some churches will do it where it's like more topical on Sunday and then you go to a Bible study and you get more mm. expository and that's, that's another way to do it too. Um, yeah. I just feel like there's a real disservice when I know people who've been in the church for 50 years and have never read the Bible or had it read to them uh, all the way through. I feel like that's weird. Yeah. Um, they probably um, know the same 12 verses that they've been taught for 50 years. I'm like, that's such a disservice to Christians. I think it can be so good to have a preacher say, let's talk about this topic because this is a topic I can tell my church really needs to to talk about. And to really cover it from all sides. That can be really, really good. But if you only do that, then you are skipping uncomfortable parts of the Bible that you don't feel like talking about instead mm -hmm. of forcing yourself because you're going straight through to cover them. So mm -hmm. you're, you are right. You are correct. Uh, Jay Kelly says, wait, this is a Monday live stream. Are we just chatting? Can we start over? We weren't planning on this. We literally set up the stream 20 minutes before we went live because uh, we were <laughs> supposed to be guests on another show. He had internet issues. Um, I have a praise for you guys. Praise God moment for you guys. Praise God. I've been at this house. I bought this house two and a half years ago. I've had internet issues the whole time I've lived here. It's not a secret. Anybody watches the show. I've had texts come out again and again and again and again and again. I have two forms of internet here for that reason. And they were threatening to shut off my second form of internet because I was using it too much because my main form was down for a month. Anyway, long story short, tech finally comes out and checks the hub outside where my internet connects to, finds that my cable has a massive gash in it, and it's probably been that way since they installed it. So <laughs> I very likely just have my internet actually for real fixed at my house for the first time in two and a half years of having Imagine. issues live streaming. So um, I'm feeling very <laughs> blessed and very grateful right now that, uh, yeah, I don't have to use my welfare Wi-Fi. There we go. <laughs> I don't have to use my welfare Wi-Fi as much. So it's, I think sometimes <laughs> it's easy to complain when things go bad. Or it's mm -hmm. easy to not even complain, but like it's easy to ask for prayer when things go bad. Yeah. And it's a lot harder to publicly 
say thank you when you're used to everything going bad because it's like it's scary right it's scary to say this is going really well because then you're afraid like if you say something it'll go away it's funny because my my initial reaction is to do something that i'm making myself not do which is to say oh my internet's working knock on wood which is like a pagan thing anyway (laughs) and i've actually been trying to cut those things out of my life all those like little pagan things that we do like you know these beliefs and luck and the universe and all these whatever uh, and, uh, you know, even pinky promises and things like that, where it's like, let your yes be yes. And I'm trying to be more like that, where it's like, no, I want to praise God and not say, well, you know, I expect it to fail, you know, knock on wood. I can't talk about it. Um, no, but I think you're right. I think it's good. And that's why I really want to just say that. I know it's maybe not important to people, but to me, it's like, anytime I get a chance to say, praise God for a, an answered prayer, even if it was a two and a half year prayer, <laughs> yeah, that that's a time to praise God. So, yeah. And I remember like there was so much with the farm and with your dad where yeah. like I know your dad. So is is it okay if I talk about this a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about it. Okay. So th- this is it from my perspective, you guys, um, because <laughs> I'm more important. No. Um, no, I just think my perspective is. <laughs> is the correct perspective. Yeah, we know. Andy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to uh, say any of that, but. But PJ's dad has been praying for a farm for how long? My whole life. Your when whole I was life. six years old, we left, uh, sold our farm. My dad did something else. Besides, he wanted to get back into farming. That was twenty six years ago. So it's been it's been a really long time that he's yeah. been praying. And then, how long ago did it actually finally seem like it was working out? Mm, this whole beginning of twenty twenty three, my dad had it going but hadn't it's a hard it's a there's certain things i can't say so i'll try to say it the right way my dad had a farm found a farm bought the turkeys was working on the farm until he owned it um basically going through investors and things like that finally got the farm then through some illegal stuff on someone else's behalf lost the farm Mm -hmm. it was devastating for him for my family for me for all of us uh, within weeks, he got another investor to buy him a farm 20 minutes from my house instead of three hours away. And now, as of this week, there are 2,000 turkeys and three full freezers of meat, and the farm is back. It was literally 20-some years of praying for it, gets it instantly taken away within a month in this horrifically awful, depressing way. Yeah. And then within weeks of just – and my dad told me when he lost everything – He's like, God's got this. And he had faith. And I didn't. I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't have faith, but I was not as faithful in it as he was. Um, Because it was just so hard to see my dad go through this for 20 some years. Like my dad's been through more stuff than anybody I've ever met. Um, It was just a praise God moment. So yeah, if you guys want to take a minute and just praise God for that, it's been an amazing week. I I was joking at the beginning of the stream, not joking. Honestly, I've been working myself to death, but it's for a good cause. It's for for a reason. It's for a reason. I've been working my, my, my butt off uh, to help my dad have his farm set up and ready to go. Yeah. So me and my brothers can run it while he's recovering from surgery. He has surgery in a few days, Uh, major surgery. They're putting plates in his neck. Um, so big surgery, but we've been getting the farm ready so we can take care of it while he's recovering. And, uh, like I said, just, uh, t- 10 minutes before we got on this stream together, my dad called me and said, we just got a freezer and they've got every, they've got a thousand baby turkeys, 
thousand grown turkeys. They have the freezer. In next month, they're getting the processing plant. The whole farm's coming together. And I was saying to my brother just two days ago, I was like, two weeks ago, you moved into this house and it was just a house. It was just a farm. Because the other farm yeah. they bought was a turkey farm. Yeah. They Then they bought another farm that was just a house <laughs> and a barn. And I'm like, within two weeks, it is now a turkey farm. There are thousands of turkeys. You have product. You have baby yeah. chicks. You've got the whole deal, the tractors, the freezers, everything to run a meat farm for turkeys. And it was just such a such an amazing thing. So, I remember when you told me that it had fallen apart. And I, God and I had words <laughs> i was like how because uh, my attitude and it's so bad but i'm like if 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 i thanked you for something if somebody prayed for something and then you gave it and then they thanked you you're not allowed to take it back you asshole <laughs> <laughs> i haven't been that mad i got in a while in a long time and um i remember him being like abby shut up <laughs> Like you don't know anything. You don't know anything. You don't know what I'm. You don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I watched it, like the because how of how illegal it was. What happened? Yeah. Um, your dad is likely to win a lawsuit. Oh, he'll win in a lawsuit. It's just going through a lawsuit. It's never fun. Take a while. Yeah. But God will give him so much out of that already to have somebody treat you that shitty is one of the best things that can happen to you ultimately because of how much money you win out of it and then it just doesn't feel like that at the time but i think yeah. the bigger blessing is that pj's been wanting to get out of trucking for a long time and more so now the more the podcast takes up of our time and he's been running himself ragged doing an incredible job with everything that he's doing and, and not skimping on any, anything. And all of a sudden his dad has a farm 20 minutes away and he wants to hire you. And the yeah, only reason you couldn't before was because it was too far away. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to move. I didn't think it was the right thing to move when I prayed about it. And, uh, you know, my farm's got to make money before I can leave truck driving, but yeah, if you guys want to pray for me, I might solve the wonderful things to praise God for. Um, that is the goal. I want to get out of truck driving. I want to do farming and I want to do podcasting. That's the things that I want to. I want to use that time to be around family and do stuff that I'm passionate about instead of, like I call it, uh, delivering <laughs> unhealthy food to fat people for people who don't appreciate me. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. It's not that I'm not grateful for my job because I am, but uh, I'm. I, I, it's feeling more and more all the time I'm ready to leave, yeah. uh, not do this anymore. So, and it's just things, internal things at work that just all the time feels they're pushing me out the door. So it'll be good to leave it behind. Uh, hopefully this year. So, uh, base babe says they, they pray for us every single night. Thank you. Awesome. Frida, you're the best. I know you missed the beginning of the stream. We were talking about you, um, in good ways. So Frida's awesome. Um, but yeah. Uh, for me at work, we're, we bought a new building. Mm -hmm. Well, no. Y yes, we bought a building. We didn't own the one we were in. So the mortgage is going to be less than the rent, which is amazing. It's going to be such a nicer building for less money. <laughs> and uh, just, a, just a, 
uh, just a better use of the resources that are coming into us. Um, and instead of driving an hour and 15 minutes one way, I get to drive 20 minutes one way. So I'm not trying to quit my job anytime soon. And I'm really, really thankful that God is also working to give me space in my life for this podcast. It seems like in both of our lives, he's working to give us both more space for this work that we're doing. Which is funny because we both just went through a week of like 20 hour days (laughs) where it's like, I feel like God's moving us in a direction where we're going to have more time for this. But meanwhile, we're having to like (laughs) put in hundred hour weeks. Holy crap. I, we were both so busy. We didn't even talk for a week. We basically. didn't talk basically it was for a week. Just because we were both so busy. I called you one morning while I was at the place I was at. Um, and you were like, I could tell you were hurting turkeys. I was, and you were like, I can't call me back. I'm kind of busy. <laughs> we were putting in fence posts. And yeah. uh, I walked away to talk to you for a minute. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta go, over go. There. I gotta go over there and do this before my dad tries to like lift something heavy again. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing I was doing was so cool. And there were moments in it where I was like, holy crap, I get to be a part of this. And there were other mm-hmm. moments where I was like, holy crap, this is the worst. <laughs> I am so tired. It's funny because we had similar <laughs> and opposite weeks. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. It was it's it was interesting. That was the whole reason I think we want to do this. It was just like such yeah. a crazy week. It was nice just to be able to come here and yeah. Chat. I missed so much. I haven't even listened to the show yet. I don't. I don't know what you guys talked about without me. <laughs> Wendigos and and what else? Oh man! So we talked about Wendigos with Shane, which was interesting. And then the next night, I had Daryl on, and we talked about everything. <laughs> we, we talked about Adrenochrome and yes. uh, Epstein <laughs> and QAnon, and um, yeah, it was fun. I don't know what you guys thought. People have caught the unhinged episode, but I thought it was fun. Uh, Daryl's a good guy. Cactus, Cassis, Cactus said it was great. It was just not nearly enough of anybody telling PJ what's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Daryl was fair. way too nice to me. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> me and Shane had a bromance going on. It was yeah. Thing. Yeah. You got to don't get used yeah. to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was cool, though, because we talked about um, trying to get some you know, some of our Michigan friends and podcasters and stuff together to meet up at a bar sometime. Speaking Um, of um, announcement. So uh, end of this month, what Mm -hmm. around 23rd, 4th, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The last full, the last full week, the last week going into the first few days. So I have 10 days off. So it's the last week of July and the first few days of August, essentially. Yeah. So PJ has it off. I'll go up to Michigan for the front part of that starting on the 25th. We'll try to meet up with Michigan fans of the show, Michigan friends. We'll do some. We're, we we have a whole list of on the ground like conspiracy reporting we want to do like the portal in, in Detroit and then pyramid. Breaking into the Masonic Temple, the whole Breaking into the Masonic. <laughs> I didn't know that was on the list, but let's let's, let's do, do it. it. Uh, <laughs> that was what me and Shane talked. That's what you missed. We talked about breaking into the Masonic Temple. Let's get Shane and have <laughs> him be the fall guy for that. I'll be the lookout guy. <laughs> okay. You get a, no, wait. You're a woman. You can't drive. I'll be the lookout <laughs> driver. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. You're so the that, lookout. <laughs> yeah, I'll be the lookout. That's fine. There we go. Um, now that we've publicly live said that we're going to break into the Masonic Temple, if anybody does that, 
we're going down for it, even if we don't do it. <laughs> but then we're going to, on the way back to my place in West Virginia, we're going to try to hit the... Snake Mound. Snake Mound and the Ohio Pyramid. And then PJ's going to come down to my place. We're going to go to D.C. We're going to see all of the Masonic symbolism and Greek and Roman... Did did you know Pantheon that the original, the original name for Washington, D.C. was Rome? I know because you told me... Did I? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but remember, we're pretending like we haven't talked to each other. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I had no idea. That's for, wild. For, for benefit of the people watching. <laughs> uh, <laughs> go see we'll go see America's Rome. That's what we'll do. America's Rome. Yeah. So I've I've shown so many people around DC in the last month or so. So that'll be great. And then when is our episode with the confessionals dropping? Because we that's yeah, that's going to be awesome. We don't know because he was going to release it this week, and he said that that's probably less people are listening this week, so we'll probably drop it next week. Okay. Um, yeah, but on my way up to Tennessee, down, 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 it's down, down to Tennessee <laughs> for the thing I was doing, I stopped by Tony's studio and got to, awesome. to hang out with the confessionals. Uh, and his guests that he was about to have on. So I got to hang out with, that, with them for a bit before they recorded. And then I was off on my way. So that's really, that cool. really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Tony was a great guy. I can't wait for that episode to drop. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Geometry's hard. <laughs> she, she's a woman. She has no directions. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a whole thing. Michigan isn't real like Ohio. You take that back. <laughs> we're nothing no. like ohio michigan's real and it sucks <laughs> <laughs> parts of michigan suck the uh, part you're in sucks that's fair yeah <laughs> well wait till we go to detroit then you'll really see what sucks i was supposed did you guys know i was supposed to be born in michigan my parents no. were going to a uh, missionary school near ann arbor and uh my due date was such that I should have been born in Michigan, but I came five weeks early while they were on Christmas break in Maine. So I was born in Maine. <laughs> but then my first couple of years were in Michigan. Really? Yeah. And then they went to... Where at? In that Ann Arbor area. My parents were... Oh, it was okay. basically grad, grad school for missionaries. Right, right, yeah. Like yeah. they had gone through Bible college and then they were Do doing... Do you remember any of that time? Or were you I don't remember gay? Michigan at all. I remember yeah. Kentucky vaguely. So the, the, the school had like different locations. There was a Michigan and then a Kentucky. That was where my sister was born. And then Missouri is the one I remember the most. And that's when we went... Uh, Ann Arbor is like the only nice-ish area yeah. in that part of Michigan. Yeah. I've, I've seen it. I've been back yeah. to it. But I yeah, I didn't... I was like two one or two because go we, we gotta go up to northern michigan one of these times let's do it yeah it's almost like we're co-hosts and we're in business together and we're gonna like, i know <laughs> it's it's crazy that i've been in a room with like seth dylan more than you've been in a room with me like three times the amount <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh but yeah well we'll fix it we'll fix it can't have that guy winning. <laughs> uh, you may have to do a turkey trucking as a crossover. That's the one thing that would be good is I do have my CDL. So doing all the driving stuff for the farm. I still like driving. Yeah. 
And as weird as that sounds, I actually enjoy driving. I know a lot of people don't, but I, I don't know. John just told me that he, he a couple weeks ago, he did a fire truck test that is the equivalent. Oh, okay. Like the same size truck. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm going to be driving the same size trucks PJ's driving. Nice. <laughs> I was like, good job, babe. Did you ask him how many curbs he hit? <laughs> uh, he passed, so I'm yeah, assuming none. Yeah. Because he's a guy, not a woman. That's fair. I hit curbs all the time because I just don't. I don't see them. <laughs> I'm like, what the you heck? You treat driving like it's bumper cars. You're like, yeah, you bounce off them. That's how you know like, <laughs> exactly. where it's at. That's, that's, that's bumper cars, right? Yeah. This is why I hate riding with my wife because she likes to stay so close to the edge of the road edge. <laughs> that when I'm sitting in that seat, I'm like, a mailbox is going to come right through this windshield and hit me in the face. <laughs> Just know it. I'm not like that on the roads, but when I'm in park, it's in parking lots where I just yeah. do not see curbs. I don't understand mm. why. I'll hit them and I'll be like, I don't get it. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be like this. We have one of those tiny little uh ford c-max you know what that is it's like a little hybrid car yeah and my wife did the same thing and it's like the thing sits two inches off the ground <laughs> and she drove forward right over one of those like oh, i was just oh, cringing no. i was cringing i was like i don't know what that destroyed but that couldn't have been good <laughs> good news is two weeks later the t- car got totaled so oh not well, good news well good <laughs> not good news but it did get totaled speaking of good news let's talk about uh next next wednesday what do we got this wednesday like two days from now two days from now yeah uh we're having vicky joy anderson on to talk about sleep paralysis and i am going to be spending the next day and a half finishing that book but my wife i have to steal it from her because she's been like deep into it it. she loves it yeah so we've been talking she's been kind of telling me everything in the book (laughs) i'm getting a i'm getting a summary we're we're going to credit Deanna for uh, research assistance on <laughs> Let's do Wednesday it. episode. Um, so we're going to be talking to Vicky, and that one I'm super excited for because yeah. I literally listened to a podcast with her on it, and I was like, yeah. I texted Abby. I was like, we have to have this woman on. And uh, I was like really excited about it. Yeah. And then I messaged Vicky, and within an hour, she's like, yeah, I'll come on. I was like, yes. So that was, psych- that was really cool. for that. Do we want to tell them what we're doing Thursday? Can we? Are we? Yes. Okay, okay. so Thursday... Is it going out live or are we pre-recording? We're d- going to do live. Yeah. It'll be a little later though, right? At 8? It'll be 8 o'clock instead of okay. 7 on Thursday. Yep. The creator of the hit TV show on Hulu and, and Netflix, Skinwalker Ranch, is coming on the podcast to talk about stuff. His name is TJ, TJ Allard. And uh, that'll be really cool. I yeah. I was kind of scared to ask. you know sometimes you just put your yeah you just push put yourself out there like what's the worst they can do say no right like, they'll be flattered <laughs> you asked and they'll say no i gotta remind myself it's okay to ask people for stuff like they can all worst case scenario they say no so yeah but he we've been working to try to get our schedules to sync up yeah. for a while so yeah we were supposed to have them on weeks ago i think yeah but yeah. Uh, i'm i'm very excited for that one the show's great I've listened to some stuff that he's done, and apparently he's like himself terrified of going back to Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> so I can't wait to ask yeah. him about it. That'll be good. That'll be it's good. It's like someone who's been to Skinwalker who won't go back. Who won't go back. Yeah. <laughs> Excited. So yeah, that'll be cool. Yeah. 
Um, um, and we're yeah. we're working on. I think we've got a couple more interviews waiting in the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, some one one really big guy yeah. we just we're working on schedules with. He's he's down. He's a hundred percent down. It's just a matter of getting the there, schedules worked out. And there might be a couple of pre-records that we do in the next few months, just for those reasons. But yeah, yeah. got a couple of exactly. big ones. Yeah, sometimes if it's if it's a cool, it's a real cool person, we we might uh, not do it live, but we'll see. And if there's somebody that you guys see floating around, you're like, holy crap, this guy needs to be on. This person needs to be on. Just suggest it. Suggest it in the Discord. We'll take a look at it. Yeah. Or, you know, just reach out to Alex Jones and tell him we want to talk yeah. about the frogs turning gay or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'd love to have Alex. I don't know if we can handle Alex Jones. Let's be honest. <laughs> I would just sit here like. <laughs> yeah. It would, okay. That's what yeah. it would be. <laughs> yeah. But it would still be amazing just to let him go. Be like, Alex, tell me more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the kind of a-hole that would actually interrupt him, though. So <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Which is what you need to do. I'd be so. like laughing at all the wrong spots. I'd be like, <laughs> the Jews? Oh no! <laughs> I don't know, man. Did you see how uncomfortable he was when he had Kanye That's on? That's true. I don't think he's anti-Semitic. <laughs> I don't either. People throw that out about Alex Jones. I'm like, I don't see the evidence. Alex either. Jones, if you're listening to this, we don't think you're anti-Semitic. Totally come on. Convince us that platypi are real. Whatever you want to talk about, come on. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would pay money to see me interrupt uh, Alex Jones. <laughs> I've done that to every big guest we've had on. If we, if I feel like I need to interrupt them, I do. So I'm just kind of that a-hole where I think I can do it. <laughs> we know. I know. I know. <sighs> no, it's there good because I get... Per- I get perks <laughs> of being an asshole. That's the book I'm going to write. You need to because I get quiet with guests. I'm like, oh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we it was it was fun um, having uh, Dan on because I was like, Dan "Wait, was you great. don't believe in chemtrails? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you come on this conspiracy show and not believe in chemtrails?" <laughs> uh, he was such a great. He guest. was a good. I loved that. Yeah. I loved that. Uh, Jay Kelly says, "Wait, I can bring this up on screen. I keep forgetting that." Yeah, come on, PJ, get it together. Well, I, no, I can't because the the. You guys, there's a lot of programs I have to run, and this uh, one keeps lagging, so I'll just read it. That's fair. Wanted to let you all know I've been uh, hyping up conspiracy pilled and quirks to everyone Aww. in my church. I've had like three people from my men's small group, another from Sunday school, and two more. Dude, thank you so much. That means a lot. Seriously, the word of mouth, you guys just telling people about it, all of those things, that really just means a lot because you know it helps us grow, and it brings in new people that are wonderful to talk to and just appreciate you guys seriously like that's the one thing is like i've been doing podcasting for a while and i know that no matter how good of a show you have it doesn't matter yeah. if people aren't engaged and you guys have just been freaking awesome Super the fact that cool. we're where we're at at this point in time i i, I hate it's talking insane. numbers i hate talking numbers i'm gonna do it this once because i just want to like seriously thank you guys a ton i told abby when we started the show i said to her i think that if we do it, that if we do it right, we can get 50,000 downloads on, on iTunes in the first year. And she didn't believe me. She's like, this guy's full of shit. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> that I sounds correct? nice, PJ. You're like, yeah, dream, whatever. <laughs> I think we just hit 90,000. We're less than a year. We're going to easily break a hundred thousand this month, uh, 10 months into the show. So 
doubling what our our highest goal was in less than a year has been insane. I didn't even expect that. I was like, I think we could do 50. And she's like, no, <laughs> whatever. I'll do the show, but you're retarded. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because I feel like we've both been in different places at different times where when we first started out, I was not only did I not think we would be super big, I didn't want us to be like I needed us to be small. I needed to grow with the show. And then I think there was a point where I fully processed how like because I for me, it's not like, a, oh, I wonder when our podcast is going to take off. All my mental math is, am I ready when? Right. Um, and I remember a couple of weeks ago, I was like, PJ, you do know it's going to be big, right? Not just like. Not just pay we your bills. Switched at that point because I was the then I was the yeah. One who then was you like, were like, ah, no, <laughs> I'm not ready for this. Yep. It was right around when Seth came on. PJ was like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Hicktown, honey, I'm late. Can't wait to watch the replay. Thank you for for showing up and for you guys being are here. the best. This is you just a Monday awesome. night chat. The fact that we can just chat with you guys on July 3rd with an unplanned and people stream. are here. I and can't believe how many fun. people are here. Yeah, you guys, super yeah. sweet. All right, I want to play something for you guys. Really do quick. it. I do want it. to do a game stream soon, and I want to show you guys this okay. game because I feel like this would be fun. And then I want you to tell me what I want to hear, which is that you want to. See this <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Lie to me. Lie to me. <laughs> okay, I will. Ryan. Ryan, can you hear me? I'm here. You need to wear a tinfoil hat. Your son, Henry, too. They go into your brains by telepathy. Lunatics and conspiracy theorists claim to have seen a UFO. The minority tries to convince other people that the small green aliens are real. The neighborhood watch takes care of it. It's Ryan's turn today. He will visit you tonight during his tour. Hello, this is Ryan. I just wanted to check if everything is okay with you. I was hiding under my bed, but they got Daddy. Don't tell the policeman anything. Otherwise, we all end up in the psychiatric ward. That seems like a long shot, but I guess it's our only option. But even if we do get close, how the hell are we going to get inside of that thing? No! No, Henry! Who knows what they're doing to him? God, I hope they didn't start drilling into his teeth. Great bastard. Getting your fucking fingers out of my dirty ass! <laughs> Sold, sold, sold. <laughs> okay, we could do it. We could do it. We could do it. <laughs> I hadn't seen that particular trailer yet, so that's hilarious. <sighs> oh man, <laughs> I just feel like it'd be super fun to play that a, a looks horror amazing. game based around aliens. Yeah, we have to finish. What's only up? Your t husband's saying okay. only up. I'm gonna look this up. John wants us to play this game where you climb things, and it's super difficult. And basically, there's all these streamers, game streamers on the internet, trying and failing at this game. Apparently, it's like super difficult and super frustrating. And John just wants to watch us fail and be sad. Okay. And yell and scream. And he thinks that would be funny. <laughs> see what it is he's talking about. 
Oh, I already hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I always hate those games. You gotta try to bounce on a beam and you fall it all the time. This yeah. looks like a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of that. that, a lot of that. But it also kind of looks awesome. <laughs> it's a really difficult climbing game. Yep. Really difficult, frustrating climbing game. <laughs> This reminds, me, cool. this reminds me of that game. Um, I actually have it. I don't remember what it's called, though, where you have to ride a bicycle. And oh, my gosh, what's it called? Basically, I have to climb objects on a bicycle. It's really hard. Oh, lovely. Yeah. And there's like chainsaws and flamethrowers and crossbows mm -hmm. and crap trying to kill you the whole time. Looks beautiful. It does look kind of fun. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll have to look into that one, John. That looks interesting for sure. Yeah. I, I don't think... <laughs> I think John just wants to watch us fall and yell. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's, he's nice like that. Did I ever create a conspiracy-pilled video game? I want to. That'd be fun. <laughs> Kanye Quest 2020, but conspiracy film. Conspiracy Quest 2020. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I need to get a hold of my friend who makes RPGs because I feel like that'd be a fun project. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jess sent me that alien game. So thank you, Jess. We got to finish we Inscription and then we got to do the alien game. I'm down. Let's plan a night soon to finish inscription. Okay. And then yeah, we should get into the alien game. The alien the the alien game Grey Hill Incidents, what's that one's called? It's not super long, so it's either okay. a one or two night uh thing. Solid. So but we'll find a way. We'll find a way to fail at it enough <laughs> to make it three. It's like I just want to replay that probe part. Let's do that. <laughs> oh god, no. <laughs> <laughs> Fired. Right, you fall to the bottom of this game. You start all over. There's no checkpoints. I hate it already. <laughs> I hate it already. I would be that guy that would just like somehow get all the way to the top my first try and then fall right before the very end. <laughs> yeah. All the way down. All the way down. Um, no, I wouldn't make it that far. Yeah, no save points. That sounds like uh sounds like I just need to have something Torture. on my desk that I can throw. Why would you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? I torture like, myself. It's it's like a game for people who are really really good gamers. Honestly, like see this is why I can't challenge. play Dark Souls. Have you ever seen Dark Souls? I have no. friends that are like obsessed with it, and it, the the point of the game is that you are going to die a lot and suck at it. It's like a game that hates you. Yeah, I hate those. Me too. I hate those back. I feel exactly the same way about. It's like oh, Dark Souls hates bad. people. I hate yeah, you too. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm not that person that goes into the the bakery and goes, oh, they don't want to bake me a cake. I really want you to bake me one now. No, if you hate me, I hate you too. So I'll, I'll exactly. Leave. It's oh, mutual. Good. Yeah. Mirror it back. <laughs> People who enjoy emotional no damage. damage. <laughs> wow, Jess, I platinumed Dark Souls. I love those games. I feel like I understand things about Jess now. That 
Jess Why, is complicated. That does, that does make sense, though, that Jess would like Dark Souls. I, What's the newest one, Jess? That one I played and I liked, but I've not tried to beat it. Um, but that one seemed more fun than Dark Souls. Someone will know what I'm talking about. The only Dark Souls-type game I beat was the Star Wars one. But that was, like, infinitely easier than Dark Souls. Yeah, I have no idea what we're talking about. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order or something like that. Elden Ring. There we go. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to go put my kids to bed. Do we'll it. be back Wednesday with Vicky, which is going to be very, very fun. Uh, thanks, Abby. Thank you, everybody. See ya. See ya. See ya.